Hey everybody, I'm Dan Paper Skies. I'm Sky, aka Skybreak. And we are on episode 5 of the Skycast. Skycast is a series where we interview and have conversations with some of our favorite up-and-comers and established artists in the bass music industry and beyond. So today we're going to be chatting with one of our close friends. Uh, he's based in Northern California, um, makes a lot of chill music, but has dabbled in a lot of other genres like dubstep, melodica, dubstep, some drum and bass here and there. Um, collabs with Essinger, Jetto, myself. Um, and a lot of releases that have gained tons of traction on Spotify with millions of streams in the ambient sort of category. Uh, happy to introduce a close friend. Kazuki! Oh my Holy god, shit. that clip that <laughs> <clipped> so hard. <laughs> That's funny. What's up? How you doing today, hey. man? Oh, I'm doing good. Other than the burning weather, I'm doing good. Yeah. Yes, Calif Northern California be very hot. Hotter than you, you think, like yeah. Uh, but yeah so um let's just get right into this then uh, our first kind of point was according to your spotify page it looks like a lot of your fans are actually based in non-us cities like london berlin and moscow uh yeah seemed pretty cool since you're kind of like based in the u.s is this like a conscious thing or did one day you just kind of look at your stats and were like oh man i've got all these non-us cities listening to my stuff <laughs> to, to be fair like I think it's because some of my most popular releases came like they gained most traction from like Russian influencers and stuff posting about them back in like 2017. Okay. So right. I think like all that listener base came from over there. Yeah. You also uh, you were in the German chill music editorial on Spotify, which seemed to help oh, out yeah. a lot of your tracks. That's really cool to see. Um, Kilaje base. Yeah. <laughs> are you, uh, are you able to connect one. with a lot of these people, or do you kind of have like a tough time doing it? How's how's the audience down there and engaging with them? Uh, honestly, it just kind of happens naturally. I don't really have any like connections or anything. I know that people like will you know hit me up on Twitter or Instagram mm -hmm. and stuff all the all the time and tell me things. But other than that, I don't really have any connections, especially not with like the playlist people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really kind of weird how many people like will ask like, oh, how did you get into a big line editorial? And uh, from the yeah. grassroots, it really just kind of seems like it's all politics and you got to know someone. <laughs> but no, really, it's kind of strange. They they do what they say, like you pitch the song and if you've got a good release plan, they'll chuck you in the most random editorials ever. Yep. So you're just like, great. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah. common theme. I think the interesting part of the bit, though, is the fact that, like, you know, being based in the U.S., doing all of your promo here and everything, the fact that you have that non-U.S. Uh, audience, it kind of shows, I think, the popularity of the genre there compared to here, because a lot of chill oh, yeah. stuff, if you could think, talk about EDM as a genre, you know, everyone's instantly going to, like, revert to, like, dubstep or house music, you know, Martin Garrix-type festival beats, but down there, there seems to be a huge, huge different taste in, in listening and audience and everything, even if, like, uh, with our friend Joe... Um, his like fatuation with like drum and bass and everyone else is down yeah. there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like a UK thing. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into uh, speaking of drum and bass, making genres like that? You have one song with Def Sharp, Parallel, um, which we released on 04 Collective. Oh my goodness. Um, how did uh, that track and similar ones where it's less ambient come about, knowing that you are like a chill producer? Well, uh, like my background where I when I first started making music is like I had a, I had a whole different name and everything else of making bass music. And I once I started making chill out stuff and I got accustomed to it and got in like the what is it like the loop of making those kind of things, I stopped making bass music and I, I still had like the knack for trying to design design sounds and stuff. So mm -hmm. for that song parallel, it was just Def Trap was making something one day and we were on a call 
and he showed me it and i was like hey yeah i'll, do, I'll make some bases for it and it just i ended up adding like little ambient bits and everything else and then it happened like that kind of came together yeah and yeah um it's kind of cool how different the kind of production processes are <laughs> or, or do you find it's that different kind of between making this stuff that pushes all the limits and does these weird sounds and kind of more chill stuff do you, do you think they're kind of more similar than different like how do you think the production of harder hitting music really varies from chiller stuff there's definitely like a difference because because uh, of just like what you have to focus on i think but i think it's definitely based off the artist too because like an ambient producer is going to produce dubstep a lot differently than someone whose main focus is dubstep and everything so it's like it's almost like it's um not interpretive but it's like selective to people who are making it i guess so yeah let's like chat a bit in your your production process like making the ambient sort of stuff i'd imagine that the goal is to try and get like a lot of really lush wide sounds um do you want to just dive in a bit to like how you go about making a lot of your songs maybe even a track like need your most popular on spotify oh man but my process back then was uh <laughs> starting with just like a huge pad which i'd usually make from like I think I'd always use Harmer and I'd make saw chords and then I'd just drown them in a bunch of reverb <laughs> and just resample it. And then I'd just, you know, add a little piano and notes on top and always resample vocals like R&B tracks because that just seems to be like the thing to do for Future Garage, especially the kind I was listening to back then, mm -hmm. like Burial and all that. Yeah. But like yeah, just having a big luscious soundscape is really the, the key there, I guess. For sure. Your song, uh, Hope, which is one of my personal favorites, I think I've told you a few times, um, oh, yeah. it's just a huge, like, evolving pad from start to finish. And I find music like that, to make it intriguing and to have it just be, again, like a pad that kind of evolves is a, a pretty difficult thing. But layering in the little subtle bits of texture that you do just makes it feel so, like, filled and complete and everything. Is there almost like a songwriting process to creating just, like, an ambient song that essentially just evolves? Well, first, thank you, and... Um... I don't know, like, I feel like it's just, maybe you could relate it to, like, something like Progressive House or something, where you, you always just want to add, like, the smallest little element or, like, ear candy. So even though it's just re relatively just, like, a four-chord progression, you're just, you still feel something, like, evolving during a period of time, I guess. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> it's definitely a different listening experience, listening to these, like, evolving lush pads and more chill almost tempo-less type music um because with stuff like edm and like traditional songwriting with like you know guitar plus vocal or something with mm. a rhythm you don't focus you don't really get into like a, the same trance-like state as you do in ambient music i really feel like every song is kind of more of like its own world and its own experience um so yeah. it's kind of cool to see you mastering that sort of songwriting <laughs> as well as as showcased by your songs like Parallel and other more melodic dubstep track like you tune with Dan, you can also master that kind of traditionalist rhythm stuff. It's pretty pretty yeah. epic. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun to try those other things too. Just to like get a break from it every now and again, but For sure. You're right you're right for sure that like it feels like you're trying to create like a different kind of world or just like somebody just escape for a couple of minutes. So you can just sit there and relax and I fall asleep while I'm making my own songs a lot of times. <laughs> wow. Then you know you're doing something right, I suppose. <laughs> Usually that wouldn't be right, but... Hey, in this genre... In, in yeah, in this genre, it's all right. 
Um, is that kind of the goal when writing a lot of your music? It's like you, I, I like what you said there. You're like almost feels like when I'm writing music, it feels like I'm kind of like escaping. You know, is that kind of like the the goal when creating a tune of yours? Yeah, either escaping or trying to put like something of what I I feel or something that I know someone else has felt or could feel. Just trying to put it in the best way that I can. Like lately, I use my vocals to try and add to that too. But before yeah. it was just trying to create a soundscape or like structure that just best represented how I was feeling at the time or something like that. Uh, so do you do you plan to take the Kazuki project onto the live stage at some point? Uh, you make distinctly chill music, and while at first glance that might be like, oh, well, how are we going to do that big bassy DJ sets? But um, <laughs> I've seen people like Haywire and Cone Sound specifically put on really unique, cool um, live performances. So uh, do you have any ideas about that or have you thought about it at all? I've definitely thought about it. And I think like uh, like Dan was mentioning earlier, the audience where I would want to do that would probably be if it was in like, you know, Moscow or the UK where the garage scene is still something. So I, I think I'd probably keep it to like maybe a garage kind of set or something. Or I don't know, really. Like I know there's like a new style of music over there in Moscow and everything that's called like hard wave that I've been yeah. trying to get into as well. Oh. And that's definitely hard- more show friendly. Hard wave is sick. That's like, that's super, super oh, yeah. cool. I know um, Ace Auras and has kind of hopped on that whole hard wave X color base yeah. wave, if you can call it. So yeah, no, that's definitely popping off. And I, I would re- be really excited to hear you make a genre like that. I think, oh, I yeah. think you specifically would do a pretty good job. I want to try it. <laughs> With the the note of the shows and everything, like I think we've might have talked about this a bit because we get some point, but like I feel like you could really really put on like a super unique show experience. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't exactly need to be like a dubstep festival or something just because you're in the EDM genre. Like I can yeah. imagine you being like at a completely different type of venue with a completely different different crowd, and like putting together like an audio visual experience that's just like really moving and really beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, but and I mentioned the visual aspect as well because I know uh, I've been helping you out a little bit with it. But you've been getting into visuals and doing animations for a lot of your album covers and things, right? Yeah. How's the experience with that? It's it's fun. I I, I like that. Uh, I feel like I have a little bit more control over it, especially with the help from you and mm-hmm. and some of our friends. It's just, it's been it's been cool to be able to take more control over that part of it. Yeah. And because like what i used to do you know just look, looking at a cover art on a teaser or whatever is, is nice but when it moves and you got all the little aspects of yeah. things changing and everything it's nice mm-hmm. i'd love yeah, to do that like have a live audio visual yeah kind of experience there and um yeah. even with your uh your new tune that you have coming out which we we want to ask about in a sec i remember you sent me the album cover for the and just like Something about that cover and just receiving it out of the blue from you like that, like it, it just feels like the Kazuki brand is getting more and more and more personal. You know what I mean? Like hmm. you're, it, it feels like it's being understood. It's like this is me. I'm gonna represent it however I want, and I'm I'm really excited about that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this uh, this next release that you have coming out? If you're you're talking about the um, not the one with Def Sharp, right? Uh, no, not with Def Sharp. Okay, <laughs> the the one that comes out when this podcast drops oh, in shit. July. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I um honestly I, I wanted to try and get back into that idea of like songs like Hope, like you mentioned, where it's just like this evolving pad, which just has all these textures that come in, and uh, I I wrote it kind of with the mentality of um like having problems going on in my life and trying to figure them out, but realizing that some things just can't like 
you, you just can't really fix them. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to come to terms with it and let it go. The song doesn't have any lyrics, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as I mean, much as you, you can it. get that from a pad, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool how you can kind of pull that off, especially with more complex emotions like that. I find, um, with more ambient work, especially, do you listen to Death Dream at all? Like, the really niche band camp ambient stuff i went down a little rabbit hole about this but it really it told a story it kind of showed but not told if that makes sense so it was like yeah you maybe read something about it beforehand and then you listened to it and it was just like mind yeah, blown sometimes sometimes that's what it, you have to do really like you you don't really understand something sometimes until you like read it and you understand like okay so that's where they were coming from now i, I can understand it like experience that way i haven't listened to that though, but i'd like to you want to send me it later yeah uh so you also as you were talking about this new song that's coming up right after this podcast you actually also talked about a def sharp collab that could potentially either be out or will be out soon uh can you tell us a bit about that yeah I, th- that happened because um alex def sharp just made this little thing he was inspired by um phoebe bridgers if you know who that is at all and yes. he wrote this little guitar loop and he sent it to me and I just went, you know what? I'm going to sing I'm going to sing on this. I didn't ask, I just did it. And I sent it back to him and he really liked it. And so we hopped in a call and just like added a bunch of little ear candies and textures and stuff and uh realized that we were writing a song that was like really personal to like our experiences at the time with like just relationships and trying to move on from people that were in our lives and everything else as uh time goes by a little bit is that something you guys just so, like both resonated on and kind of came together with as the message for the song yeah for sure yeah we, we just kind of we were, we were writing it and then part way through the song we were just kind of like you know what this is making us emotional <laughs> like this Aww. actually it hits with us mm-hmm. yeah which That's is nice a great feeling yeah most of the stuff i've done with that with death sharp is like big heavy bass stuff so it was nice to do something more like in my element kind of thing well, he's been taking his style back a bit more, too, I think, to fit the style of music that you make. It's almost like you guys have been, like, playing off each other a lot more in recent years, right? Yeah, I, I feel that for sure lately. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real proud of what he's doing. Yeah, that's nice. Shout out Def Sharp. Shout out Def Sharp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the, like, personal aspect and everything, um, you write almost, I'd assume, all of your, your tracks and for the lyrics and everything. When did you start getting into writing and songwriting, singing on your own music and everything? I, I wanted to try and do it, like, even back when I was releasing stuff like Need and all that, because I felt, well, I felt a little bit scared to use, like, royal copyrighted yeah. vocals and stuff, yeah. like all the Future Garage people did, but I, I never really was happy with my voice or how it sounded, or I never felt like my lyrics were meaning anything, and I don't know, just at some point I just decided I, I didn't want to have to deal with the struggle of working with some vocalists or or waiting on it or anything like that and I felt like it was just a more personal experience just write everything myself and try and sing it myself mm-hmm. definitely does that kind of conflict like... when you like maybe do collabs with, with other people for example maybe even your collab that you did with Harley Bird recently uh, not really like conflict it's more like when I, when I do stuff with other people like that I'll, I'll usually give them more or less like total creative freedom to just write about what they would like to write about like sometimes i'll give them like a little prompt or something but i feel like the best way to do a collaboration with a singer or a vocalist is to let them write what they feel more so 
Okay. You get yeah. like a really good product when you let them just say what they say according to how they feel from the chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the when the authenticity kind of comes from like both parties, vocalist and producer, even if they're about if they're even if they're like mentally about two completely <laughs> different subjects, I always find as long as everyone's being authentic, it'll come out okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. Let's talk about some of uh, the the usage of your music. You don't need to bring up any direct scenarios or anything if you don't want to. Um, but there have been a few times, uh, whether on purpose or incidental, that people have sampled your music and kind of used it in a different oh, context boy. for their own tracks and everything. <laughs> uh, what are your general thoughts on your music being sampled? Because creating ambient stuff, I think some people will kind of like hear it, maybe if they're not as immersed into the genre, be like, oh, you know, this pad could be like a great opener to my song or something like that. But you're trying to create a yeah. unique experience there, right? Just tell me a bit about that process and everything. A lot of the cases that I've come across for people who've done that is where they don't they don't ask me, they don't like give me a royalty, they don't even mention it at all and I have yeah. to find out from like people just informing me like months or a year on. I wouldn't mind it if people asked me because I, I understand that totally. Like you want to use a piece of something to build on your own idea or your own concept. I wouldn't mind that. It's just sadly that's not what I've had experience with. It's usually yeah. people just stealing it and putting trap drums on it or like using it for their drop of their song yeah for the people you've confronted about that have they kind of like come clean with it helped you out you know done anything in return for for using the song once they've kind of been caught more or less i suppose (laughs) well the the biggest case that i had i'll I'll go ahead and mention it because we all worked it out and everything was um this rapper i think he i think he's on a rapper blade okay he's pretty popular and everything but um like in, in the meme world he uh when i reached out to him about it he didn't even know like it was just the producers that produced his album mm. took the song and flipped the sample and didn't tell him or anything else so he, he worked it out with me perfectly fine that, awesome. that's probably like the best case scenario nice of that kind of thing happening yeah we'll i can't believe you've actually come in an encounter and been sampled with my blade because like yeah. in the more kind of and my friends were kind of in the more like niche uh soundcloud twitter community blade is like this icon yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's nuts he, that he just like one of his producers just or their producers straight up just took your oh, sample yeah. and yeah they um what is that? i've had a couple people message me with like the screenshot of the spotify thing because if you click on the show credits it says that it's just produced by me now hey. instead of anybody else oh, nice. which song is it if i may ask it's a song that i did with um a very good vocalist named diana it's called design i released what it like back in 2017 <laughs> it's kind of an old it? one. Oh, he called it the silent boy cries or something like that i think and like everybody in the comments of that upload was like trying to correlate that title with the lyrics that were being sung and it was really weird like yeah. there's nowhere where she mentions those words <laughs> well i think it's it's cool though that like you've you've gotten around probably more than you expect and that's one reason why we wanted to have you on the skycast is because like you are a well-known name as Kazuki. You know, you're at 100,000 monthly listeners on your Spotify now consistently. Congratulations on that. That's huge. Um, Thank you. So to touch on that, though, what do you, uh, with 100,000 monthly listeners, um, do you see a lot of that engagement? And, like, what's what's the consensus on, like, how much you're able to connect with your fans versus have them listen to your music and maybe add it to a personal playlist or something, right? I, I do see engagement, especially on... Um instagram and believe it or not facebook mm. like facebook i get more messages than i i would like to to be honest i don't really want yeah. to use that thing yeah. but uh i see the engagement translated in like from the plays and everything but I, I feel like spotify as like a platform 
really should have something more so yeah. you could like have a little bit more engagement <laughs> or communication but uh, I, I see I see a good bit of it what about um yeah. with uh NetEase cloud music uh we found that out recently about you that you actually have a huge huge audience in Asia <laughs> as well uh under oh their main listening platform which I believe is NetEase cloud music um but something like that there are tracks of yours that have pages and pages of, of comments and support what do you what do you think about like that audience and the fact that you've like made it all the way out there that's crazy that like i didn't even know that existed yeah <laughs> like, going yeah. on and seeing like 700 comments by people that i like probably didn't even contact me or, or don't even know like my socials maybe i don't even know mm-hmm. it's, it's just funny but it, but it's really nice. It's really sweet to see it, especially because like you translate some of the comments and they're they're really beautiful messages and sweet things. Aww. So it's it's really nice to see. Yeah, I know you have some. <laughs> we saw like all of our friends just had so many. <laughs> it's it was crazy. It was I mean, but not as Dude, not as many as you, man. You you made an impact there right. for sure. It's so trippy out there though, because it's just like, it's around two billion people that are pretty much undocumented around here. Like we yeah. will never come. We will likely never come in contact with them in an online circumstance due to, you know, all governmental limiting. And there they are. They're just just bopping our tunes that we all. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That we all kind just made in a call and thought, oh, no one's gonna hear this. It's really kind of beautiful <laughs> to think about. Oh yeah. Do you plan on traveling there any, uh, at all? Do you have any sort of like Asian culture influence in your music or your sound or anything? Knowing that you have a big audience there now honestly like i don't really have a huge influence in it in any like my music or anything but i would love to go there not only just because of, like i can see that there's like a fan base there and everything but just you know it's, it's beautiful over there and everything else and I, i'd love to try that yeah i want to travel to a bunch of places if i can if i get the chance i feel like by going there and kind of experiencing such a drastically different culture with different values and different uh music and different pop culture and all those stuff um that could sub- very subconsciously uh influence your music going forward i know when i've gone to europe i know here it's your episode not mine but when i've gone to <laughs> all the times i've gone to europe they're not even that different from where i'm at america yeah uh and even still like those experiences can influence especially like you said when you're creating worlds and trying to convey an inspire uh, an emotion or a feeling uh, you never know what new feelings you might get when you go to yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I'd love to like at least go to um, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I, I kind of want to do want to go to Russia or something like that and see everything there. Just knowing that I I think that's where like most of my fan base is would just be nice to to see. Maybe understand like why it is that your music has such a good. Oh, not Siri. There, right? <laughs> Sorry, my Siri. <laughs> Talking about like working uh you know, how different places can experience your brands and everything. Um, your original brand that you had, uh you had this like pig like avatar or sort of character that was sort of like the forefront of the Kazuki alias for, for quite a while. Um do you wanna talk about how that character came about and if it means anything? It it doesn't really mean anything. It it really came from like when I was like I think like sixteen, seventeen. My my mom brought like this little package of little toys home and thought that I would be really interested in it for some reason. And I looked at one of them and I was like, "Yeah, I'll use that as the mascot for my music stuff." <laughs> and I just I had one of my friends like redraw it. I probably could have gotten in trouble for it if I kept using it. Oh man! Yeah, it, yeah. It, it progressed from that into like a a character sketch and like a a whole character kind of idea. Mm. 
which I, I don't use right now. I'm trying to like find another artist to implement it a little bit yeah. more towards what I want to do. I had like a a really off the wall story idea for that little character, but I, I don't think it would work very well. You want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, tell us. It, it just has to do with like the cover arts that I had for a while being like um, the circle being a symbol of like different like dimensions and thing and that and that little character the pig being a, a spirit and being okay. connected to uh to nature and things like that nice oh i think that's very cool that's pretty yeah i never got anywhere with it but where did the original circle sketch come from um one of my friends astral i know you know him mm-hmm. uh he showed me this little program called chaotica where basically it'll randomly generate like fractal images and um he sent me that picture a long time ago and uh i really needed cover art for something so i asked him if i could use it and it was just it looked perfect with this soundcloud cropping that it did because the picture's actually huge okay but the little cropping just made like the circle in the middle and everything else so just that silly little coincidence randomly generated sometimes randomly generated is better than can be conceived yeah so what are we expecting from uh, from the future of Kazuki now going forward? I think we've talked a lot about the past of the brand and everything, but do you have any sort of like goals that you're going to try and achieve for the next year or so? I've been trying to set goals like crazy, but I keep falling short of what I actually like want to accomplish. I, I want to try and get more sync placements Okay. to try and you know and put my music in films and stuff like that. So I, I feel like that's That'd be so definitely fitting. a medium. Yeah, exactly. Like That's just a medium where I think it would really work. Because, like you touched on earlier, I, I really like the idea of um, audiovisual experiences. Mm-hmm. So having my music in films or shorts or even games and stuff like that just feels like the best kind of place for it. Because then you're almost like visualizing that world that you were talking about, especially if you're able to now, like you said, yeah. doing some of your own motion visuals, like kind of help contribute to create that yourself too, right? I'd love to learn more of that too. Mm-hmm. I want to try and take that a little bit further. Yeah, that can open up for a whole sure. lot of avenues and doors for you. I definitely mm. keep going with that. You're doing a great job with it so far. Thank you. You've been helping me. Of course. <laughs> I think it would also really be cool to see see you since you've kind of made visuals for audio. I think it would be really cool if one day you got commissioned to kind of create a world around a visual and maybe sync it up using yeah. a video player. I would love to see I'd you experiment with that. That would yeah. be so sick, just like scoring. I've tried yeah. to practice with that a couple times. But um, I'd love to get like commissioned for it or, or just signed on to like a little project or something. That'd be awesome. Game devs, if you're watching this, uh, hit up Kazuki. <laughs> Game uh, devs, socials in description. Anybody, yeah, socials below. Anyone, Make dude. Sure you hit them up. Yeah, you're working on a I'll project. Mimic the socials journey below. soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> the journey soundtrack, but better. Yep. Put it better. So Dan, do you want to move on to the fun portion of the stuff, or did you have any other questions in mind? I got a cool way to segue into it, actually. Um, All right, Kazuki, why don't you tell us? Uh, have you had like you said that uh, you want to get more sync deals? So you've you've had some so far. Um, do you want to tell us about some of them? And I got one in mind that I want to bring up. Well, actually, I'm I'm curious on what you're talking about because I've signed to like a sync company, but I haven't gotten any like official sync deals. Okay, so this is in that case less of a sync deal, but more of something cool that happened recently. Um, you made an appearance on a, uh, a wrestling TV show recently <laughs> as, uh, as with some background music. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? <laughs> One of my friends, uh, I won't say his name just in case, and so I'll explain what the song is. Sure. Uh, 
he he does audio engineering and works for like the audio production of AEW, All Elite Wrestling, I think it is, or something mm-hmm. like that. And he messaged me the other day and was just like, "I really need some cheesy house music. Do you have anything that you're not going <laughs> to And like two years ago, I made this stupid little uh, song about like Minecraft bed wars with a couple of my friends, like Essinger, Def Sharp, and my buddy Morn. And I said, well, I, that's the only thing that I have, really. I sent it to him, and it, <laughs> ironically, he loved it. So I just took off all the vocals, and he sent it in and just slapped it on the... Uh, it was like their biggest event of the year, like a pay-per-view event thing. And I, he just used it for that club scene. It was love, hilarious. I love that they exclusively clipped that one part for Twitter, too, yeah. and everything, and they clipped what? it so well. <laughs> so good. You literally hear my friend just in the uh, morning in the background just going, get on bed wars. Get on bed wars. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Wonderful. Nah, sometimes, sometimes though, those, um, the best kinds of songs are the ones that pop up when you're just kind of dicking around. And when you start oh, overthinking yeah. stuff, like if you're, if you got like commissioned to write like a house track, I'm sure it would come out oh, completely yeah. different from <laughs> a song you made in Discord call fresh hits two or three years yeah. ago. <laughs> It's hilarious that people like actually wanted to know what that song was. Like they thought it was really good or something. Right. Uh so to kind of go off into something new and kind of into some lesser known materials, uh you have a uh it's come to our attention you have another secret alias that for some reason you don't really promote on socials. Are you talking about Babooby? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, the Babooby SoundCloud is one of my personal favorites uh, oh with goodness. classics like Shit on the Floor and I oh, Smell yes. Licorice. Is there a reason you're not really promoting these around? Oh, you know, that's for when I do my comedy sketch. You know, I gotta oh, keep okay. that. I gotta keep that private until I'm gonna keep that material secure. Right. I see. I see. Especially our collab on there. Ah, uh, yes, I, I've <laughs> I have collaborated with Kazuki's side project Babooby as well. Uh, Speaking yeah. of scoring movies, we scored uh, the movie trailer <laughs> the for the Fall, Fall Guys, Guys movies. Fall Guys movie trailer. That was Fall a Guys fun movie. one. Yeah. It's the that biggest thing deal yet. I, we had actually the whole Skycast group a part of that. That was a fun one. <laughs> <Yeah>. I was hanging <laughs> in the call and they were making that. That was that was a trip. But, but it, um, yeah. It seems to be a fun alias. So you just use Babooby then, I guess, for just a lot of fun things just messing around memes. in the DAW? Yeah, I, just, I, I lost the account information for like two years. So <laughs> I refound it when we made the little Fall Guys thing. Yeah. It's just like for memes. Uh, anyone's interested in some funnies, you can check out Babooby on SoundCloud. <laughs> it's, it's a great place to find it. Um, moving to, uh, this is a good one. In your interview with uh, your F. Def Sharp, uh, this was the, the only other interview oh, I believe you've done so far to this point. I hope you get a lot more. Definitely deserved. Um, <laughs> but uh, you spoke to the legendary and highly pretentious YouTuber uh, based news outlet, Top EDM World, in uh, August of oh, 2018. Yes. Um, he asked you a question, uh, what your choice of weapon in a zombie apocalypse would be, and you answered a ukulele, and midway through elaborating, he totally cut you off. I want to hear a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, Why would a yeah, ukulele was... be your uh, your method of defense in a zombie yeah. apocalypse? It was, it was disrespectful. You were mid-answer, and he just cut you it off. It was mid-explanation. But to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but how was that interview know, with... Uh, harmonica. How was that interview with... <laughs> I was you know, a little bit of top EDM world, man. Uh, it was, it was interesting. Like it felt secretive for some reason, but I don't think it was supposed to be. 
Yeah. Because I mean, like, I think after that they did like two more, three more videos, and then they never came around again. Completely disappeared off the face. Of the yeah. <laughs> Still don't know who it was. I mean, we got our hunches, but it was definitely a fun one, though. Having no, it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah. So yeah, um, how do you uh, how do you think that um, participating in an interview like that, where all the questions kind of keep you on your toes, um, how do you think that kind of prepared you for future things in your career? I suppose, like answering stupid questions and still trying to remain <laughs> on brand, or were you not thinking that deep into it? I was definitely not thinking that deep into it. I was just Fair like, enough. I, I want to try and not laugh my ass off. I'm trying to. Just- see if he's actually gonna ask like questions or what what is going on i remember he went into like a whole debacle about his cat richard and stuff and oh my god killing his cat and stuff and it was terrible <laughs> i'd like to think we're slightly better than that on this show oh, yeah, i'd like yeah, to yeah. hope that yeah we've got a bit on top perfect. of the yeah, world yeah. but hey no, congratulations no Sloppy DM world for making an appearance in the podcast i guess <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're still out there shoot us a dm yeah, I'd love to have you on. Oh yeah, <laughs> love to have you. <laughs> That's amazing. Incredible. I think um, yeah. I think we're getting close to wrapping things up now. Is there anything that uh, you wanted to mention or tell us about in terms of music? What might be happening for the future coming up soon? Um, Kazuki, really, just um, look out for this song with Death Trap. Just probably going to be out either when this comes out or uh, shortly after. It's called Break Apart, and then I have my own song coming out afterwards. Can't be fixed. And other than that, I don't really have anything going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll say one thing. From knowing you, I know that you just, like, work on music so quickly. You'll just sit down and have, like, a huge couple-hour session and just grind out a tune. So I know we can be expecting a lot more, but I'm super excited to hear it, man. Your music always, always, like, even before we started talking, like, just connected to me really deeply. So I appreciate you being on here today, man. Yeah, dude, well, I appreciate you having me, for sure. Of course. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll wrap this up then. I'm Dan Paperskies, and... I'm Sky, aka Skybreak, and... Thank you for watching. Or listening, yeah. Listening, or watching, (laughs) if you're on.